Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. I want to do a little bit of a recap of a sermon um, I did two weeks ago, and then I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to end with three promises that I will make you tonight. Three promises from the Yubar side and from my side. But those three promises are also three prayers that I will keep in my heart for each one of you and for this congregation as we move on. Three promises and three prayers. Now, I want you just to bear with me if you were here two weeks ago with your notebook and you took down everything because I'm, I'm just going to recap a little bit. But some of you will remember the statement, if you want to understand the heartbeat of the church, not the building, the people, you have to understand the atonement. Who remembers that? Okay, it's this word atonement. I'm just going to head into it for 10 minutes going to be a little bit nitty-gritty academical, okay? So all the people that loves Bible school, that's like, yes, 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 and all the people that wants to get to the, the hard stuff, just a little bit of patience. But we have to understand the atonement if we want to understand what life is about, what church is about. And I said this last time as well. There's not many things that we can say of it that this is what church is about. I'll tell you what, it's not about the band. We can do church without a band. It'll be something to get used to, all right? Pray to God that you don't have one of the pastors singing to you, all right? That will not be a good church building discipline, Brown. Let's make a note there. Um, <laughs> we don't need this building. We don't need this. We don't need a building. There's some, you don't need Werner to build this church, amen? But we need an understanding of atonement. This is something we cannot take out of the foundation. Atonement, the means of reconciliation between humans and God. It's the coming together of two parties, nefersunam. In the Old Testament, atonement was made possible momentarily through the sacrificial system. Animals was killed and their blood paid for the reconciliation between God and humans for a while, but they had to bring more animals every year, right? But in the New Testament, atonement climaxes and concludes in the final work of Jesus, the final sacrifice that is able to bring people to God and never again will a sacrifice be made for the sins of humans. It is done. And that is why Jesus is also called the lamb that was slain. Amen. This is the atonement. Now, if we look at the atonement, it's got two legs. Just tap the guy next to you and say, Tuia Biena. Tuia Diela. Tuia Diela. The first part of atonement is the passive obedience of Jesus that won our forgiveness, okay? 
Here you find the passive obedience. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Our king. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. What happened in the passive obedience of Christ? He had to lay down on the cross. He had to allow sinners to put him in a place where he would be killed. And we know if he did this, you know those waters that he walked upon? Maybe if he made his hand like this, he could bring a tsunami and wipe everyone away. Maybe the angels that knew him for centuries in time past were looking at their king. Knowing what was happening, something glorious, but gut-wrenching as he would be obedient in his passivity not to act. It had to be done. And so the lamb lay down on the cross. Isn't that amazing? 1 Peter 2, 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. The first part of the atonement is that Jesus Christ allowed himself to be killed at the hand of sinful people. It's amazing. Leadership. Let it rock your world. Our God, the King of the world. You have to be wowed by this. It is an essential to be in the Christian faith. If this becomes a, a, you are in trouble. And so am I. As a pastor that speaks about this most weeks, I must look into this and my heart should be melted every time. Amen. They put his body on the, on the cross. We know when someone dies, when, when a human passes, it's a sacred moment. Never again will they die. Forever will they live where they go. And there was a Roman centurion looking at Jesus and he saw the punishment. I don't know if he was part of the, the crew that was hitting Jesus. His back was open, was rubbing against the cross. Uh, he couldn't breathe. And at one stage he said, Father, forgive him. And this centurion must have been close to the cross because when Jesus breathed his last, when he's Lungs emptied for the last time he died like a human die, like you and I will die. He died. He says, let's do it. But when that moment happened, the man said, this was the son of God. And maybe the images of what they did to Jesus and what he said and how he kept being loving towards the people until his final breath opened this man's eyes and he knew. The passive obedience of Jesus that saves humans from sins. Important thing about the passive obedience of Jesus is that is where your sins is extracted from you. And what you get is a clean slate. That's what happens 
through the passive obedience of Jesus. It is for the wiping away of your sins. Then there's another part. Deal number two. Deal two, tik out person. The first part was the passive obedience and the second part is the active obedience of Jesus. And we said many times and we will, this is a good way to remember, this is why Jesus did not die as a baby. All right? The point was not just killing innocent Jesus. Someone had to live a righteous life before God. One man had to come and his record before God had to be perfect. And then through his perfect life and death, allow the Father to say, all right, in my place I give not only my death to Umoog, but also my life. And so where the passive obedience of Jesus gives you forgiveness, a clean slate, the life of Jesus gives you righteousness before God. Now the Father can say, Tracy, I am pleased with you but you know he shouldn't be pleased with a person like you if you are honest but he can say it because he was pleased with the life of jesus and now you are in him and maybe you say but lord my words you know it is a scarp tongue here my heart is sag but my tongue is rough the words of jesus spoken on this earth was perfect and so every word he's spoken, what the Father thinks of the words of Jesus, he puts on you. I am pleased with you. The active obedience of Jesus. That's why he never sinned. Building up a record for you of righteousness and he imputes it onto your life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Paul writes in Philippians, he says, And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Here's the thing. In the past, the Christian church has made committed this sin they've taught people through the lines that if you perform well you will be accepted by god because they believed if we get people to perform we can get things done in the church and we can get money in the bank account right if you tithe god will love you if you come to church he will love you and so you will work your way up just make sure you are above the line and now the problem is we get two groups of people the first group comes in here and they think, man, I'm above the line. Hot stuff. I tithe, I come to church, I give money to the guy there at the robot. But that person over there, sinner. I am above the line and you are below the line. And what we get in church is this thing that people say, I cannot go to church because when I get in there, it, it feels to me like I'm getting measured. And it's true. On the other side of this pride, 
we get someone that is in total distress, total worry. They're, they're about to get a mental breakdown because at least they're honest about the sins in their life and it breaks over them like a wave and they don't know when to breathe until they hear it's not your life that brings you righteousness. It's the life of Jesus that brings you righteousness. <gasps> and there's air to breathe. I am welcome before the throne of grace. The active obedience of Jesus. Because Jesus was perfect, I can make mistakes here, and I'm all right with that. I tell the congregation about my sins because their faith does not depend on my moral record. It depends on the moral record of Jesus. Amen? And once a community gets that, sinners can come in through the door and there's hope for them. You know, there's people that have tried 20, 30, or 40 years to stop a certain thing. And if you tell them to try harder, it will break them. They've tried many times. You have to tell them, breathe. He wants you as you are. Come in. Come in. That love will transform them. That is the atonement. It is on the work of Jesus that every church should stand. And it is on the work of Jesus that this church stands. Amen? Do we go on missions? Do we care for the poor? We do many things, but we don't do it for approval. We do it from approval. It's a big difference. Paul writes, he says, God, it is God who works in me, therefore I work harder than everyone else. Who works first? God. All right. And I want to say sorry. There's a lot of visitors here. If you've been measured by the church or you've been measured by yourself and you constantly find yourself short, I want to I say sorry. Maybe there's times where I also let people to think like that. Sorry. You can come as you are. He has won it all. There's a song. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He's washed it white as snow. He has done it. Now you can grow with peace. Just to sum it up, the work of atonement, the passive obedience of Jesus won our forgiveness, the active obedience of Jesus, his life imputed a record of righteousness into me. That's why you read about the life of Christ. Because if you read about how he lived, you see a man living the life you should have lived. And you can say, Holy Spirit, help me. And that's why we can say this great saying, Jesus lived the life I should have lived and died the death that I deserved in my place. Both of those things. Now, remembering that, as I remember the life and the death of Jesus, there is three promises and three prayers. I would like to announce here tonight. In the mornings when I sit on my white couch, I don't come to psych myself up. I don't need to play a YouTube clip from some person to get me going. I look into the eyes of the one who lived a life in my place, 
and died a death in my place. I close my eyes and things start to move in my spirit. When I open the Bible, he reads through his spirit with me. And he melts my heart every time when I think of him. I get emotional many times if I just think that I, if I should have to pay for my sins, Jelle pastoor sal in groot moeilikheid wees. And so when I remember, that's where my obedience comes from. That's where my passion comes from. I, I didn't come here to get a rechtmerkie from God. I came here because I got one eight years ago. And from this place, as I continue to consider I'm making three promises to you guys. I can't promise that I will do this and this and show for Hermanus. Don't worry, you can count on me because you can't, all right? Um, I can't say no after I go to Hermanus and help there. I will plant a church here and there. I can't tell you this, but I, I believe these promises are safe to promise. Are you ready? Number one, as I remember the life and the death of Jesus, I promise that I will raise a melted heart to the Lamb in worship as often as I can. That's my promise. Now we'll start tomorrow morning. This will not change in this man's life. And this counts for my family. And when I pray for Secunda, this is what I will pray. Lord, let their hearts melt to you to worship. Some of us lift our hands. Some of us lift our hands in our hearts. That's all right. Let our hearts melt as we consider and remember Jesus Christ. If the school says, if I, if I sit there in Hermanus and I hear the school say, um, eight I won't worry. If I hear someone came in and they stole all these things and we can't replace it, I won't worry. If for some other reason the church loses its house where some of the staff lives and there's an office, I won't worry. But if I should hear that the heart is moving away from melting before Jesus, I will cry for many days. This is what it is about. The worship of Jesus Christ. Amen. We can stand in the Inkidam and have church. But if we're going to do this, our hearts need to melt before the King of Kings. It's my promise and my prayer. Deal? Amen. And I want to say with us, my worship is not determined by the band. My worship is not determined by, I don't know the band in Hermanus. I've got a problem. <laughs> because we are spoiled in this church. Amen. Amen. 
But that won't determine whether my heart will melt the first time I walk in there and worship. What he has done, I will remember and I will worship. May it be the same for you. The second promise I will make and my second prayer is just like Jesus, as I remember his life and his death, just like Jesus, I will serve his bride until I also breathe my last. Done. I'm not saying I will be a pastor until the end, but I will pack a chair. Take me up on that. You will not get me away from the believers because I was meant to serve amongst them. The other night we were <laughs> packing this church. They had exams. It, it was a rough time. We had to pack it out and we had name lists. It was a story. And um, I got in my car and I felt, man, this feels amazing. And I prayed. I literally prayed. I said, Lord, when I'm 70 or 80 or 60, I'm not very big on gadgets. I don't know all this stuff the young people do. I actually don't. I'm, I'm quite a slow adapter. So maybe church in 30 years will have screens hanging from the roof or I don't know, the pastor will, will be gliding on some other air thing. I don't know, okay? But there will come a time where the people will say, can we not verne from the pre-rooster of all when he is out and he praat in elkaar and he speaks slowly and we, um, can we just get this bully off the stage, okay? That day will come. That doesn't change my mission. I will pack the chairs as long as the fingers can move. You will find me in the house of the Lord because that's where the saints gather. That's a promise. That's a promise. Doesn't matter how hurt I get. They can fire me. I will be back. He didn't give up on the bride. It was his bride that was hitting him, spitting on him, calling him names, putting a crown on his head to hurt him. Pushed through. Lay down like a lamb that is silent. He did not give up on the bride. Why will I? Yeah, we all know it, okay? They're not only hypocrites, they're murderers. And they're thieves. And adulterers. We know all those things. I'm in for the long run. I will clean the part where I am. Until I breathe my last. Amen. Because that's what my example did. And that is my prayer, Brown, for Shofar Sekunda. Serve her and love the bride. She was paid for with expensive blood. Amen. That is a promise I make. And that is a prayer I will pray for this church whenever I remember you in my times of prayer. A melted heart before Jesus and the love for the broken, sinful people he sends across your path and you are one of them. <laughs> Remember that.
remember that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I am saved and I do have sin and I have to lay them down daily and I have to grow. This broken heart has to grow. You have sin, I have sin. Don't let people lie to you. Your sin is accounted for. Your works of sin is paid for by the works of Jesus. It's an act of obedience. But you have it. And your pastor, not, not that one, this one, this was last night, has a lot of sin. That's why you feel so welcome in this place, amen? You're like, if Werner can be in this church, then there's a place for me. But I was driving in my car the other night and uh, I realized something about my heart and I actually cried. Luckily, I had a buff on and there's a lot of people. I put the buff here and we've got like misty specks and everything. And like if I could put it over, I guess I was shy. But I was in my car already, but I was, I was crying before God. It doesn't happen a lot. And I was crying because, because of something I realized about my heart and it actually shocked me a little bit and I said Lord this is a wandering heart this heart gets distracted so quickly just be near to me right now and bring me back I prayed about 10 times I said Lord just be near to me now and bring me back just be near to me now and bring me back and I realized that for the humble heart there is always a way back home And so the third promise I make is over and over, I will allow the Father to bring back my wandering heart when I drift away from number one and number two. That's it. That is my promise and that is my prayer for this church. There's amazing churches. There's amazing believers in this town, doing work all across this place. Let us do our part. Let us do our part. Let us worship with soft hearts and let us love sinners like ourselves and let us not depart from that until he comes again. Amen? Let's stand tonight in this place. Can we have those three points? Oh, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Ger. For a moment, let, let's just take a minute and um, just look at the screen and consider for a moment the work that Jesus has done. Listen, I asked you to stand, but if you, if you are injured or you have a, a baby, please, please be seated. 
consider for a moment where you are standing and if you've looked and you want to close your eyes and say a prayer, just do that. But just remember the life and the death of Jesus. Forget Werner. Remember Jesus. And I want to just ask you tonight, what does it mean for your life? What does this mean for your life? Is your heart melted before Jesus? Or is your heart hard? Ask for help. Say, Holy Spirit, come near right now. Melt again my heart. Jesus, just challenge yourself with 